Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Megan and I'm flying solo today without my lovely co-host Diane. We are suburban moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on the journey to think more and do with less. On today's episode, I'll tell you about how I manage everything my kids bring home from school. Between precious pieces of artwork, worksheets, remission slips, dioramas, and science fair experiments, the clutter kids bring home from school can be overwhelming. I'll talk about my process to manage it day to day and preserve their school memories for a lifetime. Hello and welcome everyone. I am so glad you're here with me today, but so sad that my co-host Diane could not be with us as well. We just have a whole host of scheduling conflicts and technical difficulties that would not allow us to be in the same room at the same time these last several weeks with the end of the school year and Diane working evenings and being later in her pregnancy. As you can imagine, it's just been difficult for us to get in the same room. So we really wanted to deliver on our promise to have an episode every other week. So this is me shooting from the hip and hopefully bringing you as much information, valuable information as we do in every single one of our episodes. So thank you for being with us today. On to our minimalist moment of the week. This is coming to you guys courtesy of our ongoing home renovation. We have been working on some painting projects and realized that the closets in our downstairs, I should say the coat closets that flank our front door, they're small and we're very thankful to have two of them because I know that that's rare to even have that sometimes. Uh, So we have one for the kids and one for us. We realized we hadn't painted them so I had to take everything out and put it all back in. Now I know that that's not always possible and not always fun, but what it really did was help me just give it, look at it with fresh eyes and also to be able to finally put away the winter coats and hats and gloves and scarves and all that fun stuff. I know it's May in Ohio. It still could snow. You never know here. But I feel like we're finally in the safety zone of me being able to put everything away. So I hung up everything, which if you have kids in coat closets, they're never great about putting things on hangers. And actually, half of them can't even reach the bar. So that was never going to happen. So I put all of their coats up, put all of the hats and gloves and scarves and all that fun stuff in a small bin on the top shelf so that everything is fresh and new and with the newly painted walls it was just even a bigger fresh of breath air (laughs) or a bigger breath of fresh air I guess that's how you say that uh when I open the door so there's a little tip for you go into your closet it would probably only take you like 15 minutes at the most take everything out Think about where you want it to go, put it back in, and it'll feel so nice and fresh and ready for summer. Next is our minimalist resource of the week. I This is coming courtesy of another podcast. I don't know if we've ever recommended another podcast before, but I think you guys would really love The Simple Show with Tish 
oxen rider especially episode 74 which she released recently and i love this one because as you guys may know from our episode 8 i love capsule wardrobes and if you're not familiar with that term a capsule wardrobe is a the intentional paring down of your clothing to a smaller wardrobe and i hate to put a number on it exactly but sometimes that's 30 to 50 sometimes it's 100 but whatever works for you so that you have everything in your closet is something you love fits well and is appropriate for what you're going to be doing doing every day so in this episode 74 of the simple show tish oxenrider is joined by co-host aaron lochner and Erin is known for her capsule wardrobe skills and they talk about lots of great things. My favorite part was not making your capsule wardrobe exclusive to neutral colors. I think many people assume when they search on Pinterest for capsule wardrobes, most of the things that come up are very neutral because that does make it easier to mix and match. But they talk about incorporating color or whatever is appropriate to your style, whatever you love, because that's the point. We want you to have a wardrobe that you would love wearing every day and brings new life to you and makes you excited. So check out that episode. We will put a link to it in the show notes if you're having trouble finding it. So on to our discussion on managing all the clutter that comes home from school. Just to give you an overview and a reminder, I have three kids. They are four, six, and nine, which means I have a, this year, a preschooler, a first grader, and a third grader. So we're, we're still in the elementary school phase, and I know that this may change slightly as your kids get older. They may not be bringing as home as much but they're also more independent when they're older and they may be able to manage their own school clutter but I am in the throes of all three kids not really being able to handle or manage everything on their own and I'm bearing the brunt of all that stuff that's flooding home every day so since my we we usually do preschool Uh, for two years at ages three and four and my oldest one is nine so that means I have about five years of experience with this school clutter management Um, when we first started my first baby went off to preschool and then she started coming home with all this lovely artwork and now that I've experienced the elementary school phase I have to tell you that I just love preschool and will very much miss the days my littlest just finished his last day of preschool and I'm mourning this because once they get into elementary they don't bring home the sheer just artwork and things that they do for the joy of doing them that are so precious and so cute. They still bring home wonderful things. I love when they start writing in elementary school and first putting their thoughts onto paper, and I definitely want to capture that, but there's nothing like the pure joy of just artwork for artwork's sake that's brought home in preschool. So when my first one went off, 
she brought home all these precious and lovely pieces of artwork and I kept every single one of them because I couldn't imagine throwing anything away and we would display them wherever we could and I would put everything I don't even think I had a place for them at first I just threw them in a bin somewhere or I had a pile of them. I honestly can't even remember. <laughs> but um, there was really no rhyme or reason to it. And towards the end of my daughter's first year of preschool, one of my friends said that, had this great idea. She was going to take pictures of each of the pieces of artwork and put them in a photo book. And I just thought that was a fantastic idea. That way, too, I could kind of narrow down everything she had brought home so that the not-so-favorite pieces could be tossed away. And I could just save a few very precious ones, but I would have a record of everything that she brought home during preschool. And I could also include some pictures of her and pictures of her classroom and her teacher or whatever else that happened during the year. So I thought this was a fantastic idea. I did this with my first child and then I only made it through photo book of year one of my second child. For those of you with multiple kids, as you know, your momentum kind of goes down. I thought doing a book a year in their school years was going to be feasible. But once I got to more than one kid, that kind of went off the wayside. But I still have captured all of the photos and I hope to catch up on their photo books for preschool at some point. Um, and I'll talk a little later about how I capture the elementary school memories. Um, Cause I quickly realized again, if I couldn't keep up with a photo book a year for you know, three different kids that it wouldn't happen throughout their entire school years. Plus, when they're 18 and graduating from high school, or even as they're older and getting married, I can't imagine them wanting an entire, you know, bookshelf full of 18 plus different books and wanting to see every single thing that they brought home from school. So I didn't, even though I love, I really value the saving the memories, here's where the minimalist part comes in. I didn't think it was really practical or that she would even want to have document every single thing from all 18 years. So I feel like part of my job as a parent is to curate those memories so that she can see where she was and where she's been um, and just get a feel for how she changed and grew but not have to sift through every single thing. So I've kind of got off track. Uh, Back to how do I manage this? So where am I now? I went from keeping everything in one big bin to thinking, hmm, I could probably curate these a little better so that we really appreciate just the best of everything that she brought home to then, wow, I have more, more kids and bringing home things. It's multiplied by three. How am I going to keep track of this? So I broke it down into hopefully four easy steps for you. And step number one is creating a home base. You 
probably already have this if you already have if you have kids coming home from school but maybe not and this home base can be something very simple it can be say a basket on a hall table it can be the kitchen counter or a portion of the kitchen counter maybe there's a desk or a credenza or something in your front room that you could determine the spot be whatever it is have there be a designated drop zone for everything that your kids bring home, paperwork-wise. For us, we have sectioned a portion of our kitchen counter that, and if you imagine, we have kind of a longer kitchen and a really long counter that extends through three quarters of the kitchen, and then the rest of that corner is a built-in banquette so the part portion that's farthest away from the actual like kitchen prep area is our drop zone of sorts and what we have there I mean I try to keep it as clear as possible but they know when they come home anything that they have they can drop on that section of counter and most, to be honest, most of the time, I'm the one that gets it out of their folder and drops it there. But I don't sort through it every day or instantly usually, but I know that if I put it in this one area, I know where it is and I can go back to it. So just creating home base, step number one. And you might already have one of these. So I hopefully that's easy, quick and easy for you. Step number two is decide where the important papers go. Because as you may realize, everything that comes home is not necessarily important. But there, and believe me, I would throw away most things instantly if I could. But there still are those permission slips or information papers about events coming up and projects that will be due within several weeks. There's still important things that you need to keep. So decide where, the, where those will go. It can be maybe a cork board or a magnetic board that's above that home base. Or what we do is I have just standard issue magazine files. If you've seen those, they're like not flat files or not a basket, but it's a box that stands upright it's about two or three inches wide that i think they just call them magazine files if you go to target or home depot or not home depot (laughs) staples wherever the office max type store is um and i got three wire magazine files just because they were pretty and um they were going to be in my kitchen. I was going to be looking at them all the time. So I picked pretty ones, but you could really do whatever you like. And so I've assigned each one to each kid. So if there's an important paper I know I need to save, I put them in that magazine file. So I can just grab them and have them at my fingertips whenever I need them. So step one was create that home base. Step two is figure out where those important papers are going to go. And step three is decide where that artwork will be stored. So there are things that are that you already know, like I want to document this or I want to save this, but it's not an important paper. It's not going to go in with to the file where I know that I want to get my hands on it again regularly. Um, so we need to figure out where that goes. And 
if it's artwork, normally you're going to want to display that. Or if it's a piece of writing or whatever, uh, that can be the refrigerator. Uh, maybe your kids have a place in their own rooms where they like to display things. I've worked on having a little display board in each of my kids' rooms so that they can rotate out their artwork. Um, but we, what we do, what we have in our kitchen is... I've hung four different clipboards on the wall behind or near, I should say, our home base. And we just, it's super easy because they're clipboards. I can, I just pick out, there's four of them. We have three kids. So one or two pieces of artwork per kid is just like an evolving, rotating display that just brings me joy every time I look at it and they get a kick out of which ones I've put up there, or they might have a favorite that they just love, so they, they put it up there themselves. But we've really enjoyed that little piece of um, our kitchen. And as far as just for me to put in this little note, one of my pet peeves is refrigerators that are covered with stuff. <laughs> I don't know what it is, if it's just my minimalist aesthetic or whatever, but it, it kind of brings me angst when with those refrigerators that have like different layers even of papers on top of papers or pictures on top of pictures. So there's just a rule in our house that nothing goes on our refrigerator. Uh, we do have, I should say it has, we broke the nothing rule slightly. We have a little magnet or I should say um I forget what it's called but it's it's not a dry erase but this little board that we can write if something has um if we need something meaning like you know we ran out of jam so we gotta write jam on the list that type of thing so that's on there and then since our mother-in-law moved in with us her work schedule or I guess the meals in her work schedule is now posted on the fridge as well but in general, besides that, no artwork or pictures or anything go on the refrigerator. It is in our established artwork space. So number one was create that home base. Number two was decide where those important papers go. Number three is decide where the artwork will be displayed or stored. And then number four is establish a management system that works for you. So I mentioned we dump all the papers on that one counter. And initially I thought this will be, because I got the magazine files, I thought everything will be filed away every night so that that space is clear and tidy in the morning. And that's just not a reality. <laughs> I was hoping it would be, but you know, life happens and I just don't have time to manage that every day. And I just learned to let go and be okay with the fact that that corner is going to be messy. It's going to look messy. Uh, in the summer, I it's usually nice and cleared off, and I get a nice break from that. But um, during the school year, we just plop the papers down there, and it might be once a week that I really go through and sort them. Uh, sometimes it's once every other week or every three weeks. It really depends on what's going on. But... I've just given myself that grace and flexibility, and it's really um, 
you know, helped me let go of my OCD-ness and given me some peace. So what my system is, like I said, I will sort through the papers whenever I have a chance. I try to do it once a week and I will pull out what is super important, toss it in the file. I'll pull out the artwork that I really want to save or the piece of writing, whatever it is, and then everything else gets trashed. And by everything else, it's usually like because I have multiple kids in the same school, I'll have duplicates of the announcements or important papers, toss those. Every single worksheet that comes home, I toss. I initially thought for some reason I needed to save those. Maybe they needed to review them when they're studying for a test or whatever, but that never happens. So worksheets get tossed. Graded assignments get tossed. Uh, Obviously, I'll look through them and see how they did. But unless it's something that I I feel I need to speak to the teacher about, I don't save it. So I I would say at least... 80 to 90 percent of everything that comes home just gets tossed uh and my my daughter's funny sometimes she'll she'll write on the page do not throw this away because she knows my system and I'm sure things that she wanted to save that I made a value judgment on was not her call so as students get older as your kids get older I can see the argument for involving them in that process Um, and I definitely will do that down the road if she's able to start managing this on her own Um, but now we've kind of worked out that little system by default she'll write on the page don't throw this away because she wants to save it so um, I have those piles of now the important things are put away and I have this pile of artwork and everything else is tossed. And this is what I do with the artwork. I told you that I would make photo books of all the preschool stuff that came home. And this is how I do it. I take a picture of each item. Then I used Shutterfly for my photo books. And they have this awesome stuff called a share site. And I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can sign up for your own if you like. But they have an app that you can upload your photos from your phone to your own share site. And this kind of functions like a personal website or a family website. I'm, I made mine private. I believe you can make them public. Uh, but it looks like you have a regular header. You can pick what pictures you want to go in the header, and then there's updates every time you upload photos, and you can like you would have a blog post, and then on the side you can even put the projects that you've worked on if you want to put a digital copy of the photo books you make on there. So it's it's a really fun little feature that's free that they have, and we've even there's a place where you can sign up your friends or family members to get an email whenever that site is updated. So this has been fantastic for grandparents, actually great-grandparents that we have that live states away that aren't on social media and just can't keep up with what the kids are doing in general unless we were to mail them paper photos, uh, which we have done in the past. But once we found out that 
great grandma uses email and loves email and she was able to just click on the link and see the photos that we uploaded it has been great for keeping in touch with them and also for all the other family members but the they you know they would like to catch up and see what's happening with the kids in school and the things that they're bringing home um, that they wouldn't normally get to see so that is an awesome future by Shutterfly. They are not sponsoring this at all. I just love their service. So I wanted to tell you about it. Um, so every week when I have that artwork or whatever it is that I want to save and preserve for them, I upload it to our share site. And if they're in preschool, then I make a photo book at the end of the year. Whenever I catch up with those, like I said, I'm several years behind with that. But um, the kids then also have, uh, for each year, I have a record of everything that they've done or brought home. I also upload, while I'm at it, photos if I, that I've taken of them um, at maybe special events at the school they have an art gallery night every year and you know maybe just pictures of them from whatever that they're doing or they're into at the time so it really is their own little time capsule and a bit like again I'm not super great about this I'm trying to be good about it this year it was one of my goals is to create a family photo album so I will include some of those things in our um, annual photo, family photo album. But um, so I hope that system is kind of easy for you to implement or think about, or maybe you have a different system that works well for you, and that's fantastic. But I just hope to inspire everyone. I know when I hear about how somebody does something, it always gives me different ideas and ways to tweak what I'm doing, um, I'll tell you a few things that haven't worked for me in the past. Um, I used to have, like I said, a bin that I threw everything in and I told myself I would go through it at the end of the year and only pick out the few things at the end. My, my logic being, well, how do I know throughout the year if this is going to be a super favorite thing? It's just easier to go through everything at the end and then pick out the favorite pieces. Well, that kind of backfired because I would have that bin of stuff and then I didn't feel like going through it in the summer and then I didn't feel like going through it in the fall because we were starting a new year. And before I knew it, I was piling the next year's stuff onto last year's stuff and couldn't remember which year was which. <laughs> so um, that system didn't work for me. I just decided to, you know, pull out those pieces that meant a lot that I, that I gravitated toward and stick them in a folder for their, you know, like a hard copy art things. I don't throw away everything, but keep those hard copy really special pieces. Um, and I, I do end up with maybe 10 or 12 per kid at the end of the year, but it's much more manageable than an entire bin of things. And if I feel like I have to wean it, wean it down even more from there, I will, but... Um, so keeping a, a huge bin and throwing everything in the whole year and saying, I'm going to go through that later did not work for me. Uh, a wipe off board with homework and class assignments or class schedule. That's what I used to have. So in my home base, I included, I thought, I felt like I needed to have a schedule with three kids. And this is again, when I had three kids that had just, and all of them were in school and I was, I felt overwhelmed by 
what everybody had to bring each day and you know they had special certain days like I need to make sure they have gym shoes on for gym day and I need to make sure that they had their instrument for that day when they had music and I you know those little things I need to know when their homework assignments were due and juggling all of that well so I was like okay I'm gonna have a whiteboard I'm gonna have each kid listed and each day of the week and write down what they needed to bring in those days and not only was it I mean it was overwhelming there was a lot going on but and it helped me for a few weeks but I did it for the month of September and then I never touched it the rest of the year and it just stayed (laughs) that way for the rest of that year because what I found was that I was having to do a bunch of work to copy everything onto the whiteboard when I could have just like I said considered that schedule that homework paper uh, as an important thing and just put it in that important thing file and then I could just you know, look through it quickly and figure out what needed to happen that day or that night that by the end of the week versus having to write everything on the whiteboard. Um, if you're a visual person, that may help you more. I'm more, I, I, that doesn't require, you know, that's not how my brain works necessarily. I'm usually good at it. Once I get the rhythm and schedule down, I'm usually good at remembering those things. But Again, it was like, if we're wanting to be minimalist about it, that was just an extra step that I didn't feel like I needed. And um, the other thing that didn't work for me was the expectation, as I mentioned, that I would clear off everything as it happened every day or even every week. Um, And once I just let myself go or gave myself grace and said, you know what, whenever you get to it, you get to it, you know, it really didn't matter if that pile was sitting there for two weeks versus the one or every night as I thought at the beginning of the year that I could just magically keep this place clean, this um, section. So there are all four of my steps for corralling all the school clutter that comes home with your kids. Just a quick review. Step one is create that home base where everything lands. Step two is to decide where you're going to put all those important papers you need to get your hands on again. Step three is to decide where the artwork is going to be displayed. And step four is to establish that management system so things are flowing in and out easily. So I thank you so much for listening today. And I just wanted to give a shout out as we're wrapping up the podcast here to those of you who have left a rating or review on iTunes. Thank you so much. That helps other minimalist moms find our podcast. Shout out to Rufus Bainbridge who says, I've picked up so many useful strategies from our podcast to simplify my life and focus on what matters. That's the whole point. Thank you so much. And to Kelly Lynn H who says, their approach to minimalism is something I can get behind. It's about the small changes and making room in your life for the things that matter. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Kelly. If you haven't already left a review or a rating, please, please, please go and do that. We also invite you to keep the conversation going on our website at minimalistmomspodcast.com. That's where you can find all the show notes that we reference throughout the podcast, a link to our Facebook page, our new Instagram account, and where you can find Diane and I all around the web. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.